The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, April 8th, 2015. Listeners, please welcome multiple award-winning adult industry veteran, Dale DeBone. Welcome to the show, Dale. Hey, how are you doing? What's the good word there? Not bad, man. Not bad. So uh, let's jump into the interview. And typically, I like to start off these one-on-one interviews by getting stats out the way, just because the majority of the listeners and your fans that are tuning in, they haven't had the chance to see you in person to get to see you through the various scenes and the films and the productions that you've been in. So they only get to see you on their screens. Nowadays, you know, it's TV, computer, mobile devices. So let's get to know some of your physical stats. What's your height and weight? Um, six one. Uh, when I did movies, I was uh, 205. You know, I wanted like, to be no, no body fat, shredded. But now that I don't really do movies anymore, I said it about more of my natural weight, which is 215, 220. Um, still built and everything, but I just don't, you know, I'm not trying to get the, the shredded abs with the veins up my stomach anymore. I don't really care about that. I just try to stay fit, but it's more of a natural, good, solid weight. What's your ethnicity? I'm uh, American Indian mainly, and then uh, I guess uh, there's some German from my mom's side, but my dad was half Indian from uh, Cherokee Mountains, and uh, that's where I get most of my, uh, you know, I guess my, uh, I guess ethnic looks, you know, the, the cheekbones and the, uh, the dark mm-hmm. hair blue eyes. Yeah. What's your zodiac sign? Capricorn. I was born on Elvis Presley's birthday, January eighth. Very interesting. We'll we'll be yes. talking about the king in a little while. Uh-huh. For for a different reason. And uh, how old are you? Uh, forty three. I want to get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? Originally from my dad's penis. But there after you go. that, I'm kidding, just making a joke. <laughs> um, no, I was uh, was born in uh, Roanoke, Virginia, and then um, kind of lived there for a few years. Um, and then mainly, we you know, the the young person in my life that lived in uh, we moved to Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, we would move around a lot on the East Coast, from South Carolina, West Virginia, Virginia, Florida, back to you know. But it was always we'd always come back to Greensboro, no matter where we went. We'd go for about a year, and we'd always come back to Greensboro, then venture out. Greensboro, North Carolina, seemed to be the, uh, the 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 Grand Central Station for us. It's where we ended up. So, share with the listeners a bit about your childhood growing up. What was Dale DeBone like as a kid, as a teenager? 
Well, there was never a deal to bone. There was never like kids nowadays. They um, they aspire to be in porn. You know, they they know that they're not going to do anything after. That. They'll, they'll go. That's their their goal. I, I never wanted to be in porn. I never thought about. I mean, I watched it. It was cool, but I never had this drive to go. I'm going to go to L.A. and I'm going to go be in porn. Never. It was never. Um, I was always in the sports and, and and entertainment. I wanted to be, you know, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons of Kiss and you know P Peter Cray. I wanted to play music and you know baseball. I was in sports and music. It was one or the other. I was either going to be a professional baseball player or a professional musician. So um, I, when I was young, I was my mom used to keep my hair, you know, long. <laughs> so I thought I was a girl. So I was like, man, he's she's beautiful. She's like a boy. And so. I, you know, she got this, this young kid with blue eyes and dark, you know, flowing brown, you know, hair. So I got picked on a lot until I started growing up and I got big and, you know, but I always wanted to be on stage. I always wanted to, you know, be the center of attention, be kind of a hot dog. So I guess it it ended up being the same way when I got older. So, But I, I guess I found the outlet to uh, to make that happen. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Can you take us into what was going on with your life in your 20s before you entered the adult industry? Well, it was, um, as I started getting older, I started getting, uh, you know, bigger and stronger. And the sports was a, a reality, you know, playing. I'd already had, you know, teams wanting me to play single A, you know, baseball. I was, you know, but I was also, I was one of the only guys at school that was just rocker guy, but also an athlete. It was either you're one or the other. You're either a rocker with the hair and it was metal, metal, metal. Or are you an athlete? It was I was the only one who did both, so I kind of tried to ride, you know, both, you know, both trains. Um, so in my twenties, um, you know, right out of high school, I, I, you know, went right into, you know, start trying out for, you know, for baseball teams and single A and whatnot. And I, I got invited to a team, and in like the first week, first day I was there, I ended up, you know, in spring training it was like February, it was so cold. I ended up tearing my rotator cuff trying to fire a ball from you know from the outfield fence to home plate like like an idiot without warming up and wanted to show off again at times where I shouldn't have been you know? and that was it that was thanks for stopping by you know because when you get to that level there's a thousand other guys that are that good or better and you know I didn't so that kind of lost my window when it came to that so then I you know was in the early twenties I was you know kind of juicing hard you know all that stuff they said about you know like the Jose Canseco stuff about the we we did it all we took steroids with everything so. You know, I was good looking and, you know, had a body and I was like, yeah, I was like, man, what am I going to do? You know, I need to, so then I started just focusing on the music and started, you know, playing with different bands around Greensboro and we would tour up and down the coast and play, you know, drive, you know, beat up trucks and, you know, minivans to <laughs> kind of upper class, but we were playing the venues and, and then on the weekends, sometimes when I wasn't playing, I kind of started getting into the whole strip club thing because um, my singer was, he was a DJ, Right at a bar at a strip club and he's one night he couldn't work he said hey can you cover for me I'm like I don't know anything about that he said you're awesome on the microphone you're a ham you're a hot dog just get up there and talk trash when the girls get up on stage I was like alright sure so I went there first night hey come up on the stage right here we got the amazing and all that kind of stuff you know, and it was like a natural and then, and, and then I made like, like 300 bucks in one night and back then 300 bucks in a week was awesome you were rolling deep and I made 300 bucks in one night and so yeah, I was like, this is cool. And then the manager was like, hey, you want a couple of shifts? I'm like, sure. So, you know, a couple of shifts turned into three or four. And then next thing you know, I was working five shifts, making bank, you know, I was doing all right. So that's kind of what I was doing. You know, the strip clubs, the playing in bands, and then I was stripping myself. You know, other times, I'd be, you know, different teams would pick me up. I'd, you know, dance with um, U.S. Calendar Men, uh, Xanadu, uh, down at LaBear, the Body Shop in Charlotte, all that stuff. So basically, that's, that's all I was doing, and you know, young kid in his twenties making, making some pretty good loot. So, like I said, the whole 
porn thing kind of happened by accident. That's what I was doing before that happened. Wow, man, that's quite a story. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Not too bad. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Did you go by a specific name when you danced? Maverick. Okay. Love, you know, top. Yeah, I used to, my my motorcycle because I was also that you know motorcycles because everybody knows I do the motorcycle stunts and you know that's a story within itself. But you know, motorcycles was already always a part of my life. And on the back, my friends used to always call me Tom Cruise because I you know kind of had that look and I always wanted to be. Cause I was playing volleyball. You know, we were doing the volleyball turn, all these different things and the motorcycles and so on the back of my license plate it said T Cruise on the back of it. So I always wanted to be Maverick. I love Maverick. This and Top Gun and um, so obviously when they were picking it for me, I was like. uh... How about Chase St. James? I'm like, no, nah, that's no good. And I was trying to think of something sophisticated. My buddy goes, you, you love Maverick, won't you? And I'm like, shit, shit. And then, of course, I did that one of the Top Gun themes. You know, you come out in the in the white outfit and you do the, the Top Gun dangers and all that crap. You know, <laughs> it was corny now that I think about it. But at the time, you know, the, you know, the ladies, they, they ate it up. And so I was Maverick for a long time. Absolutely, man. It worked for you. Well, the funny with that, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into the porn, but I was going to be, my porn name was going to be Maverick. I was going to be Maverick when they asked me, you know, and I got contracted. What's your name going to be? I was like, I'm going to be Maverick. But I found out there was this huge gay star that was hit, that's his name. So I couldn't, you know, I wasn't going to do that. But it, it, that was going to be, instead of Hilda, it was going to be Maverick. That's what I was going to do. That's funny, man. Before yeah. we get into the transition into the adult industry, I have to ask, and I'm just going to mm -hmm. ask it, you know, to be a dork. Did Dale DeBone have moves on the dance floor? Oh, I was, yeah, I could dance, but um, because I'm a, I'm a drummer and I have rhythm, you know, I was always, the, there was two There was two type of dancers when I used to, when I, when I tried out, okay, I was like, what are you going to see? Even when I would go to clubs, you know, you're a kid, you go to clubs, there's always two types of dancers, or three, there's one guy who cannot dance at all, he's horrible, there's your spastic guy who knows every every move, and he's all sweaty by the end of the night, but he dances like MC Hammer and you know, all this kind of crap, and he does all the... And then there's that one guy that just moves just enough, no matter if it's a fast song, if it's a slow song, he just moves enough to where you can tell he can move, he's so cool, does a little bit, always kind of keeps you wanting more. There's that guy, right? Same thing when I went to, uh, to see the stripping club. I did, you know, what's my routine going to be? What kind of dancer? There's these one guys, they were... They knew every step in the book. All the all the latest stuff. They could do it all, and they did all these routines. And they're sweaty by the end of their, you know, they're they're all, you know, by the end of their uh, their set. And they get off stage. Then there's this one guy who used to come up shredded, barely moved. He would move his hips a little bit. He would just lip sync to the girls. He would just basically just sit there and lip sync to the song to each of the girls on the stage. He blew everybody away. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. So I kind of I was more that guy. You know, never did anything spastic. Never tried to, you know do all the crazy, you know, <laughs> looking like a chicken with your head cut off on stage. I never did that. I did the slow, seductive type stuff. Well, there you go. Awesome, man. Okay, so let's talk about the transition. You mm -hmm. have now been, you know, working as an exotic dancer. You're doing the music on the side. Mm -hmm. How exactly did you get into the adult industry? It, uh, it, this, is, this is where it happened. Okay, so... I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm working at the club, and of course, when you work at strip clubs, well, who are you going to date? A stripper, of course. <laughs> and of course, uh, strippers are girlfriends. And there was this guy, he met us, and he came in, and he was trying to recruit girls for porn. You know, and, and, and so she was, he was talking to her because she was like our club's, you know, hottest chick. She was, she was the feature. She was, you know, and... They were talking to her, so first thing she came up to me, she's like, well, like, you know, let my husband, you know, I'm like, no, I wasn't married, but my, my fiance, we were supposed to get married, and she goes, let my fiance, 
I talked to you about it, and I, and I was one of those guys. I, I never go, oh, no, you can't do that. I said, well, honey, if you, you know, I don't really care one way or the other about porn. Um, if something you think you want to do, if you think you can get famous at it, then sure. You know, so she, oh, you'd let me do it. I'm like, sure. I'm, why would I not let you do it? And he said, all right, cool. So he had this big idea. He was going to shoot this movie. And she was going to be the star. He was going to send it off to all the executives and, and all the huge companies, and somebody was going to discover her, and she was going to be the next thing. And so I was like, well, cool. I hope it works out for you. So the next weekend, you know, she had to roll down to Charlotte to do the scene. And uh, I didn't care. It, it, it really didn't bother me. I didn't, get, I didn't get jealous. So I got a phone call. And she says, hey, the guy that, uh, that, that was supposed to work, you know, he was supposed to do the scene with me. He couldn't do it. He couldn't get wood. Um, we don't know what to do. She said, can you just come down and do the scene? And I'm like, I guess. I mean, I didn't really want to. I was like, okay. So I drove down to Charlotte. And they set everything up. And they just said, okay, Dale, just uh, do your thing. And I'm like, okay, so I did what I normally do. Gave me a couple of, I had lit some lines, did this, blah, 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 did my thing, we did it, rocked it out of the box, boom. And then, um, and he said, all right, great, we're going to send this stuff up, give us, you know, a few a month to get it all, you know, production. So, long story short, he sends it out, and then now all, and he's, you know, talking about oh, this girl, Carla, she could be, and all the executives, they were like, who's that guy? Who's, who's she, who's this guy? And it's all it doesn't ask, you know, and finally they sent it to Adam and Eve, you know, one of the biggest, you know, production companies in the world. They said the same thing. Um, yeah, we don't really care about this chick, Carla. Who's this guy she's working with? Who's that guy? That's her, uh, her boyfriend. Uh, it's a guy named Dale. She said, we want to meet him. And he's like, but no, you don't understand. You know, this girl, because, you know, he'd made her all these promises, right? So we get a phone call, and she and I say, hey, honey, it's for you. And he goes, no, actually, this phone call's for you. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, they don't really, you know, he said, I'm going to tell it to you blunt. They don't care about Carla. They want you. And so I figured she'd be happy for me, right? Just the same way when I said, hey, she asked me if she could do it. I figured I'd say, hey, they kind of want me, not you. And she, I figured, oh, okay, honey, well, I hope it works out for you. She flipped out. Hey, if you do that, we're, we're destroyed and we're, I'll break up with you. So she totally flipped the, you know, the script. And so I was like, that kind of, what kind of bullshit is that? I said, fuck this. If they want to talk to me, I'll go talk to them. And it happened to be Adam and Eve. And I went and met him with it one time. I even, don't even really knew if I could do porn in L.A. I don't know anything about it, anyhow, anything how it shot. They, they signed me to a contract right there that day. So that's how I got started. Wow, man. That's crazy. You weren't even trying to get in the business, and you no, ended up getting no, in the business. No, I wasn't trying to. Yeah, I, that's wasn't, funny. I wasn't trying to. Yeah, and it was like, because it actually, you know, the because the, I met some people while I was dancing before. You know, they would they would see me when I do shows. Hey, you know, how would you like to be the guy? You know, that's what they told me. How would you like to be the guy responsible for going to L.A. and making women around the world want to watch porn? That's how they that's how they said it to me. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I'd be like, Nah, I don't really care about that. You know, I don't really want to. You know. And then this time when the, the opportunity came again, you know, and they said the same thing. We want a guy like because I was the first well, hustler when Hustle Magazine when it first came out. They, I was kind of quote unquote the first of the pretty boys that came into the business. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's shredded, everybody's good looking, you know. But me, I was the first guy that came in with what they said was this is me telling you know I don't want to sound too arrogant, but this is what they said is that a guy that could have made it mainstream had mainstream looks that did porn. And I didn't know what I was getting into. I was just like. Okay, cool. I'll do a couple of movies. Nobody will know. You know, I'll make a little bit of money. I'll come back home. I had no idea the fame, and, and I, did, I had no idea how big it was. I, had, I thought I was going to do a couple of movies. I'd make a little bit of money. Nobody would know about it, and that didn't, didn't quite work that way. <laughs> yeah, man. I'd agree with that statement. Yeah. So, in total, how many years were you in the industry in total? 
well, between from then and now? Yeah. Well, since 98 to today's date, so I mean, what is that? Coming up on, <laughs> seems like forever, what, 20 years, 15, 20 years, something like that? 15 years? Okay, cool, man. Very cool. So before you joined the business, I mean, mm-hmm. porn was not something that had ever crossed your mind as something that you wanted to try, or had it? Nope, nope. Okay. never. Let's talk about your name. Obviously, you didn't go with Maverick, as you said a couple answers ago. How exactly did you come up with your porn name? It was a joke. I had no idea what it was going to be. And I just, you know, I was trying to think of something cool. You know, I was like, well, if I come, you know, if I come across, because the guys told me, they said, well, you know, you're a good-looking guy. We're 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 gonna we're gonna market you as this you know, this romancing, this, you know, this 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 stud. So if you have a stud name, then you're gonna come across way too corny. They said you almost want to have something stupid, so you're almost making fun of it. You know, like you're not trying to take yourself that serious. And I was like, yeah, you're actually right. Cause I was trying to think of a, a very serious name, something cool or something sophisticated. And so we were talking about a shoot, the one we were gonna do, and the guy goes, you know, I get I get the shot where I come over your shoulder, and we we do the blowjob like that. Cause back then they didn't do anything POV. There was no, it was just regular shot, you know, really. And so we were kind of messing around. He goes, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. You know, we'll get that bone. Yeah, but the bone tan, down the bone, and it's a joke. That stuck. You know, they're talking about doing the blowjob scene, and we'll get that bone. We'll get that bone shot over your shoulder. The tail, the bone, the bone. Kept just, it was just the bone. It was making a joke, and then it stuck. Dale the bone. And I thought it was the dumbest fucking thing ever. But everybody seemed to like it, and so there you go. (laughs) Absolutely, man. A porn star is born. Yep. Let's talk about your first time on a set, on an official porn set. What was that experience like for you? What was going on in your mind? Excited, nervous, scared, all of the above? Well, you got to... Yeah, everything. Well, you got to think about this because I told them, yeah, I can do this. You know, I've always been like, yeah, I can do it. Even though, you know, even when I first played baseball as a kid, I'd never touched a glove before. We go to the first day of practice. Who here can catch? I can catch, coach. My dad looked at me like, you never. <laughs> I went behind the plate and did it. You know, I just, I, anytime I, I tell people I can do it. So I told them, yeah, I got no problem. I go to LA and said, you know, you know, so they already had this contract. Uh, my first movie was going to be a feature where I was the lead with Nina Hartley, legend. First movie ever. I'm on the box cover, which is unheard of. So when I get there, I'm already hated by everybody there because everybody already here. Who's this little fuck? Who's this redneck coming from North Carolina? Little chope, you know. Coming, he's got a contract. You know, I'm making triple what everybody else is making. I had a contract. I had guarantee money. I had, you know, they were, you know, they would fly me out first. I mean, everything. None of these kids were getting that. So I was already hated. So when I got there, I didn't know what the, you know, what the seat, what would be like. I didn't know how they do the scenes. I didn't know how they, you know, did the, I, did, I thought they just put a, you know, the kind of like they did the first time, you know, that, that scene I did with my, my girl, they just kind of put a camera in there and just said, go at it. And, and they just, everybody kind of left the room. Well, that's not how a real porn shot. It was cut 10 seconds. Okay, cut. And there's a camera up under here. There's a, there's a microphone by your nuts and there's 30 guys in the room. Everybody's looking and cut. You know, that's how they did it back then. You get a couple seconds at a time and then you have to do it for hours and you, you got to keep wood for three or four hours, but they only shot a few minutes at a time. There's cut, another angle, change of lights. It was, so I was terrified because when I got there, I was watching the scene being done and I, I thought it was this intimate, you know, really, really cool thing. I thought it was, you know, it was more intimate where they kind of let them do their thing. 
no, 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 no. It was, so then I started getting kind of scary, you know, kind of scared. I was like, I don't even know if I could do this. It's okay, Dale, you're up, buddy. Show them what you can do. And, of course, every all the other performers that were there, they don't watch anybody else's uh, shoot, but they were all there watching mine with their, you know, their, their hands, you know, crossed, like looking at me, just wanting me to fail. And I'm like, so finally I just said, fuck it, just go do it. You know you can do this. And uh, just nailed it like I'd done it a million times. So that's, that's, that was my, you know, I went from total fear, sweating, and when they said action, it was like, fuck it. And I turned into somebody else. Wow, man. Quite the first time, quite the first experience. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, to say, I mean, even thinking back on it now was like, it makes you, it was scary. And the, the, like I said, everybody there hated me. The women loved me. They, they were happy. But the guys, they, oh, my God. Who's a chump think he is? So they were there just looking at me and their fingers crawling with their hands, you know, arms, you know, folded across, looking at you, just waiting for me to mess up. And I'd never seen that many people in a room before. Light people. I mean, it was a real movie production. You yeah. know what I mean? And I had no idea what Viagra was. I had, you know, I didn't know where you could make it easier. You know, take some. I was trying to do it natural, everything, and I was just like, I didn't, I didn't figure out what Viagra was. <laughs> like six, seven months later, and I was like, how oh, these other guys are on set and they're, they're shift wood. You know, they got boring, and I'm like, you know, working at. It. I got They're like reading the newspaper, and their shit's hard. So, I, like I said, I, I didn't learn that until like six months later. I want to talk about sort of like the yin and the yang about being on set. When you're on set, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? Probably what turns you on the most is the makeup lady. Um, or you know, it's, it's funny because it's just like anything else. You're turned on most about the one chick you can't have. When you go to a strip club, you see the dancers. They're giving you everything you want. want to, but isn't it, isn't it the hot cocktail waitress that come by serving your, uh, your drinks? That's the, isn't that the one you're kind of more attracted to? And you always ask her, why is she dancing? She's like, no, because... And that's kind of how it was. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. There was times I was, you know, into, you know, especially with, you know, Jill Kelly and you know, Sidney Steeler. But every now and again, you knew what you were about to do with them. You knew that was about to happen. So it, but there, the mystery of that was kind of gone. So when you're trying to get into your little zone, you're trying to get into your, okay, what am I going to do to get into this person I need to be in the, in the, in the, in the, in the boom mode? Sometimes, you know, back then, all the, uh, the makeup ladies were hot. Oh, they were sexy. But you couldn't have them. So sometimes you would, you know, that's kind of would be what I would be thinking about. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or one of the PAs, that's hot, you know, hot chick, or some, one of the wardrobe chicks that are hot. I would say that's about doing scenes with them, you know, to get myself in the mood. And what about the flip side of that, the turn-offs? Um, turn-off, uh, well, it's like, okay, like I said, when I first started, there were women, right? These chicks were hot, man, and they were sexy. They... Jill Kelly, the, the Savannah Sampsons, Anari Fox, they were women, they were clean, they were sharp, they even showed up looking hot. They barely had to, you know, spend time in the makeup chair. So then, you know, it, was, it wasn't too much, um, there wasn't too much turn-offs. It was, it was fun. And, like, and also, I was new to the business, so it was like every, every day I was in, you know, a kid in a candy store. It wasn't until the business changed and then the girls got younger and a little bit less smart and, like, the only thing they could have conversations about were, you know, 420 and PlayStation. That was it. I need to smoke a dice. I smoke a dice. I'm like, I need to smoke some weed today. That's like the that's the entire bane of their fucking existence. They smoke weed and they play video games. Wow. So, I mean, that's how bad it was. I mean, I when I got in, there were women. They would show up in a fucking badass Mercedes, 
you know, nice car. They drive again. They would drive themselves. But now, girls today, they can't even drive. They have to have drivers because they're so irresponsible. They show up in bug boots and pajamas from the night before. You know, they just just they're not pro. Like they're just like these little girls. And so then, yeah, that was the. So when I when when I saw the business starting to get younger and younger, and it was like all the teeny boppers, and we called it, you know, Skater Nation porn. And that's when it became a turnoff. That was the turnoff for me. Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. Yeah, it does. You've starred in a variety of different types of scenes. You've done feature work. You've been in Gonzo Productions. Mentally, do you prepare yourself differently depending on the type of scene that you're going to be performing in? Yep, because to me, I like I like the feature stuff because you got to act, you got to know your role, you got to you know. And they wanted me to play all these different characters. You know, I had to become Elvis, I had to become Batman, I had to become Iron Man. I had to, you know, you can't just go up there and fake it. So I liked that the Gonzo stuff. I know I'm, I'll show up like, what? All I need to do is sport wood, you know, say a couple of dumb things. Hey, you like that? You dumb whore, and you know, then shoot a load and go home. So that was, I'd be like during the right before I'd be like thinking about, okay, I get this done as quick as I can. I can still get to Venice Beach. I can still play volleyball. I can still get practice in. I can still play. I was already planning the rest of my day out. You know what I do? Because you're just in and out, and I just think about ways I can make it get done as quick as I possibly get. To, you know, I was and I was known for like really trying to do the least I could to get away from to get a scene done. <laughs> I was yeah, I was bad. It was terrible. That's too funny, man. <laughs> but when you know when you're doing features, you you know you're there the whole day. You're there the whole day, the whole exactly, night. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, Gonzo crap. I could go in there and be like, okay. And then I would tell the girl, I was like, look, here's the deal. I'm going to do the three basic blending, doggy, uh, mish, and scissors. Those are the easiest ones to do. And then once, you know, I know exactly when three minutes, there's like a three minutes here, three minutes there, three minutes there, four minutes there, four minutes there, done. That's how it's done, right? And some of the, you know, they would, you know, directors would try to get more out of you and try to cut. So I would always know when about three minutes would come. So once I saw, I knew that was, they had enough footage, I'd go, oh, yeah, we got a cramp, got a cramp. They go, oh, okay, yeah, we got enough footage. And I didn't have a cramp. But I knew if I said I had a cramp, I knew you had enough footage. He said, all right, let's go on to the next issue. So <laughs> I would do that all the time. Or I'd stop and say, all right, let's cut, cut, I need something to drink. And then I'd take something to drink. And then he'd be like, uh, we need more of that position. He goes, oh, no, we got plenty. Let's go on to the next one. So, so I would hurry it along. If you don't say anything, then no, I'd be there for six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes on one position. I'm like, it's not necessary. They only use three three minutes of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Makes sense. And, and like I said, I was the only guy there. I wasn't there for pussy. Other guys were like, you know, they, they only the only reason they ever got pussy in their life was because they were doing porn. If they, they weren't in porn, they would never get laid. So I'm sure they were there to get their feel. They were trying to get it because they, you know, they were dorks. I'm like, dude, I, I, yeah, give me that money. That's all I'm here for. I can care less about this stuff. Give me my money and let me take off. Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most? Oral, vag, or anal? Well, I don't like getting any of it. Oh! <laughs> um, but I'm bumped. I like the second the last driblet of nut comes out, and I can get my check and go. I'm just being dead honest. When I'm working, I've, just the only thing I'm thinking of is the, the, the finish line. I'm thinking, I cannot wait till I can get to the crumb shot. Because during the scene, I got it all done. I can go, okay, I got to do this. I put my hands, I'll make this face, I'll make that face. Inside, I'm thinking about, okay, my band's playing this weekend. I got a volleyball tournament in Manhattan Beach. It's Sunday. Man, I got to go get some rehearsal done in. I got to get some practice. That's all I'm thinking about. I mean, I just be, <laughs> that's just being dead up honest with you. I could care less about, you know, 
I mean, as far as it, the good part, if it feels good, obviously, if you if, if the chick's giving you an amazing blowjob, that feels great. I like that part of it. I hate doing anal scenes because uh, the girls like the girls nowadays like they're not anywhere near as clean as and it's as good hygiene as they used to be. So you never know what you might get on your on your junk. So I was never a big. I never was big into anal scenes. It was just, bro. I mean, you, I mean, I know this part really it for people, but but you know, a, a lot of guys would get up there and go, "Oh man, it's so amazing! I can't wait to do this!" And it felt so fuck all that. You know, I I, I just it, it was a job. I looked at it as work, and I knew the second I came, I could leave with a big fat check, and I could go straight to the beach and go play volleyball. That's, that's how I looked at it. When you were kind of not what you kind of not what you guys wanted to hear, huh? <laughs> no, I. You know what? I appreciate the honesty and the candor. I love that. So I'm loving your answers. So is it safe to say that when uh, you're doing scenes that I mean you don't really necessarily have a favorite position or anything like that? You're you're more so you know you arrive, you do what you're supposed to do, and then you know you're ready to leave. Yeah, I mean, like I said. Um... A lot of guys have different agendas. They're there to get booty. They're trying to get a phone number. They're trying to hook up afterwards. I mean, I could do all that stuff. I just don't need to prolong the work that we have to do. That's why a lot of girls love working with me, too, because they knew it was going to be the easiest. The other guys made them. They had to make them keep them hard. I never, like when they said cut, they never had to go. Had that girl never had to do extra work. I do it myself. I was like, you just relax, baby. I want this to be the easiest, most. I want you to leave this doing the scene, and I want you to say, damn, I cannot believe I just got paid for this. It was so easy. You know, other guys make girls, like, take them into the bathroom and keep them hard, or they want to fuck extra because they're there just to get their rocks off, and so the scene lasts for, I'm, I'm trying to make it easy. I want us, because her and I, to get the easiest paychecks we ever got. Yeah. Which makes the sense. Love that about, yeah, the girls love that about me, because they knew they were getting out, and even the crew loved it. They knew it wouldn't be a lot of guys, it took them hours to come. You know, the cum shot, they'd be sitting there, put, I was a machine. And I'd say, okay, it's time for the cum shot. And a lot of the guys in the beginning, before they got to know who I was, okay, they put their cameras down. Okay, let me, we'll give you some time. I was like, I don't need time, I'm coming in 10 seconds. They're like, what? I said, you haven't come with Yes, and that's how they loved me, because they knew they wouldn't have to wait. I've seen productions get put on hold for five hours, waiting on a guy to come. Wow. And when it, oh yeah, and then that means they're getting home at three or four in the morning instead of 10 at night, and then, you know, Guys like me and you know the veterans, the good guys are on set because they know they're not waiting for a pop shot. They're not waiting for wood. They know that you know we had our shit together. Absolutely, man. How would you describe your fuck style? Uh, sexy, passionate. You know, I don't do the caveman crap. I don't do the yeah, you fucking cards and slapping her around and spitting on. Her. I just that's that's for guys who got shoved in the fucking lockers when they were in in school. Now they're taking their geek aggression out on porn girls because they you know they get paid to. But you know it's for nerds. Um, I try to be hot. You know if I want to be nasty, if I want to do something, you know I'll do that in you know, my private life. And when, you, when you're down, you get you want to get raunchy, you want to some you know. But when I was on on you know on set, I was known for being you know I was there more for the women, not for the guys. Um, you know, Rocco was there for the other guys. Like, the guys, yeah, he's fucking killing that fucking bitch. You know, he was, I was there. I had a lot of women, you know, female fans that like, oh my God, that guy's hot, not the sexy. So, different, you know, two different styles. You've starred in several high-end porn parodies. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, the Elvis Triple X porn parody, Batman Triple X, Iron Man Triple X, This Ain't Jaws Triple X, Avatar Triple X, Flintstones Triple mm-hmm. X. 
What was it like playing these iconic characters? A lot of them fictional characters, one of them a real-life uh, persona. Well, I was always a character. Like, when I was young, I was, you know, when I first got into wrestling, you know, I was yeah. You know, oh, to beat the man, you gotta, you know, you know, you gotta beat the man, you gotta beat the man. Nature Boy, Ric Flair, style and profile. You know, I would always act like I was him. Or, well, the Rock says this. You think you impressed the Rock? No, your role. Shut your mouth. You know, I would always try to, you know, imitate, you know, different people, different. Like if I was doing Andrew Dice Clay, hey, this chick said my dick. You know, so I would always have these. I always try to act like, I, you know, so I was, I could do it. I could. You know, you know, talk like, yeah, you know, I just got the fucking piece of shit over here. You know, yeah, fucking, you know, I'll stick a fucking pipe up your ass, you know. I could, uh, you know, or the, I could do the, you know, any accent you wanted. I could, I could copy it and people are like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And so they, when the parodies came up, everybody's mind just went, oh man, Dale can do that. And then Dale, oh, Dale can do that. He'd be perfect for that, you know. So they would always look for me because they knew I could do so many different things, which was cool, so. Yeah, man. We're going to get to the king in just a minute, but what was it like on the Avatar set? Because that one had, like, all that the crazy makeup. That was the most irritating, irritating set I've ever been on. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Chanel Preston's very first movie, and her and I became really good friends. We kind of, like, not dated, but we would go out on dates a lot as, you know, buddies. Like, she was, it was her first set. I was the first person she met, and, like, now she's a superstar. But, um, and we became really good friends, And but we were in that makeup. I was in those contact and that blue makeup for, you know, 18 hours and then in those wow. guys, and then the contacts got stuck to my, like they went to pull them out and I almost felt my eyeball coming out because it, it got stuck, you know, the suction, because it got dry. I was scary trying to get those contacts out and then it took me a week to get the blue, and like they scrubbed me. I was, man, imagine being on set for 18 hours in the makeup, in the paint and all, and then they scrubbed me like a little boy, like all the PAs and all the makeup ladies had to scrub me like almost damn near Brillo pads for about two hours to get the shit off. You know, it was, it was, that was, that was not fun. You talk about being able to keep wood and, you know, I'm fucking, I look like an idiot and I'm fucking a, a creature. So imagine keeping your wood doing that. Cause I looked down, I didn't see Chanel Preston. I saw this little creature, you know, with yellow eyes. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't that sexy. Wow. That's crazy. How many hours did it take to put all of the makeup and contacts? And oh, all it took stuff? hours. I was, you know, I was in there for, you know, like three hours. Wow, man. Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, and how long was the actual sex scene filmed? Because you were on set for all that time, but obviously you weren't. Oh, I told him, I said, you better make this shit quick. I said, this better be the, the, the quickest fucking sex scene we've ever shot. And Axel did. He made it quick, so it's cool. Okay. Wow, man. So let's talk about The King, because mm -hmm. uh, this is... A Come on now, baby. You got to get a big old fluffy biscuit with you. Come on now. Tell me about it, baby. There you go. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Love it. And, uh... I mean, obviously this was a big production, because not only are you taking on, uh, not only is it a porn parody, I should say, but you're taking on a real-life person. Icon. A, a real life, as you said, icon, a real-life personality. This was uh, obviously a big deal for you, too, because, uh, you know, something great happened at the 2012 AVN Awards, Mr. Best Actor. Mm -hmm. So let's yeah. talk about how this production came about and how you tackled on Elvis in a porn film. Well, I knew, I told uh, uh, Axel, because he knows Elvis runs huge in my family. He's my, he's my favorite, he's, my, he's an icon. My real father was a, uh, was an Elvis impersonator all the way up until he died. Um, it's, so I said, if we're gonna do it, obviously we gotta make it funny, but I want it to be authentic too. 
I don't, I'm not going to make fun. I'm not going to make where people are, I'm not disrespecting Elvis. not going to do yeah. it. I said, I want to do it to where Elvis himself, if he were to see it, he would think it was great. And I said, I want the real costumes. I want real everything. The, the real, the real wig, not, not some bullshit. I want lace front, real, you know, the, the wig itself was a thousand dollars. I mean, they didn't, they didn't mess around. Um, the clothes were authentic. Everything was, and then of course my performance, he said it had to be spot on. So I would, you know, I did, I even did the song. I did the singing in the, 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 the beginning of the movie. I was me singing. So I danced. Um, we did it. We, it was great. A lot of it was ad lib. You know, Axel would just let me say whatever I wanted to say. He, he, there was a script that I didn't really, you know, he said, dude, I trust you. Axel's always been good like that with me. Let me say whatever I want. Um, and I, we got a lot of good one liners that were funny. And then, um, we actually, the f bad thing is like, we would actually, Axel and I got, uh, death threats from Axel, you know, uh, you know, Elvis fans, hardcore fans, you know, family members and the, the Memphis Mafia and all that bullshit. We actually got death threats. If we put this movie out, they're going to find us and kill us and all this kind of stuff. So it was pretty crazy. Well, you're still here, man. Yeah. I'm not worried about any of that shit. Yeah. I've always told anybody, I was like, I'm pretty easy to find. If anybody wants to mouth off or throw some lip, we can, we get nose to nose and talk about it and have a lot of fun. I, I've always been that way my whole life. <laughs> so, You've also taken on some of the most popular comic characters and then comic film adapted characters. I mean, I mentioned Iron Man and Batman. Mm -hmm. I think uh, out of the two, probably Batman had the most buzz just because it, it sort of was maybe like towards the beginning of like the superhero porn. It was, it was the beginning of the parodies. It was the beginning of the parodies, and it was also. Um the you know biggest movie that you've ever done like as far as money with the money it made but also it it it, it brought me more fans who weren't, weren't porn fans there were so many batman fans that became fans of mine after that that had never watched porn before but they watched it because they, i didn't know batman that particular the 60s you know adam west i didn't know he had that kind of a fault following yeah i got people that just they loved it they thought it was a good and actually we had one of the supervisors that was on set who worked as a personal assistant for, you know, Adam West, um, back in the 60s, you know, the real Batman, he was on set always, and he, and he was there for me, like, you know, anything I needed, anything I had questions, I'd, and he walked up to me after a couple of shoots, a couple of the lines I said, he said, he said, he said, you know, Mr., uh, he, you know, Rudder is my real name, Mr. Rudder, come here, he introduced himself, and who he was, I was like, wow, I just honored to have him on set, and he said, he said, if I were to close my eyes right now, I would swear, that the real Batman was on set. I said, really? He said, I'm not. He said, I'm here to make sure you do good. I thought I was going to have to like spoon feed you. I, I, there's nothing I need to tell you. He said, I'm getting chills listening to you become Adam West. And so I thought that was a really cool compliment yeah, coming man. from a guy that was his, like, he was his right hand man through the sixties all during the show. And that was really cool. So he said, he said, you, he said, I swear to God, you become Batman. So I thought that was really neat. That's an incredible compliment, man. Yes. Well, you got to think of it. There's a guy that got hired thinking he was going to come into this dumbass porn people, have to spoon feed me and everybody there. And, 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 you know, and, you know, not just me, we all knocked it out of the park. Everybody played their parts too. It was, it was, it was insane. Definitely, man. Wow. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. There's another porn parody that I want to talk to you about that I don't think was ever released. I don't know if anything was shot for it because there really isn't that much information out about it besides you know some articles announcing that it was coming but uh, I don't think it ever was released so maybe you can clear it up 
for the listeners and myself as well, and I don't even know if anything was shot. Bruce Lee Triple X. We were going to do that. I was going to play, uh, um, Kenny Styles was going to play uh, Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a cast was, was announced, uh, announced uh, Kenny Styles, Michael Vegas, Shawn Michaels, and yourself, at least for the, on the male side and on the female yeah. side. I know that Lexi Bell just, and Addison Scott never, was attached. It just never materialized. I think they got some, I think he got some heat from the powers that be, you know, mm-hmm. the, of, of maybe the Bruce Lee. Can't, I don't know, but I know I just, it was supposed to be boom. I think it would have been great, but it just never materialized. Yeah. Who were you going to be in it? Uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, remember, remember the guy that you remember in Enter the Dragon, the, the guy in the white suit, they had to go to the island. He was the movie star. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I forget the guy's name, but I was going to play his part. Okay. He's a famous actor. So, but it never happened. But it was, it would be neat. We were also going to do Goodfellas as well. I was going to play Ray Liotta. That one oh, never. Wow. But also a lot of this didn't happen because I left. I took off. Yeah. All that stuff was on, on slate for that next year, and I left. So that kind of killed a lot of it. Which is kind of cool. It lets you know what kind of power or what kind of clout you had because if they cancel movies because you leave, because if you weren't really that damn important, they would just read do the movie but just have somebody else in it, right? It was kind of cool that they didn't. That those were on the books for that year, and then I leave, and not, they didn't shoot them. So... I guess it lets you know that you have a little bit of a, a little bit of clout there. You know, I made my little my little mark, I guess. Definitely, man. Let's actually talk about the breaks that you've had in the industry, because if I'm not mistaken, you've had a couple of breaks where you uh, sort of have left the industry and then you you came back. Can you share with the listeners a bit about uh, why you left the industry at the times that you did? Well, I, I would always get sick of it because you got to remember, I never expired to do it. So I'd always, you know, bands with the music, the stunts, you know, I did all the stunts for Torque and Biker Boys, you know, Jason Britton, Team No Limit. That was my partner. We toured the world stunting, doing stunting on motorcycles. I had the, at one time I had the world record longest endo. You know, I always wanted to do stunts. I wanted to play volleyball. I wanted to play in a band. So porn was always just my, I only looked at it to make a paycheck. I always wanted to do other things. I remember all the other people are in porn. That's their main gig. That's the only thing they do. That's it. And I was kind of the opposite. I always, and then I met Jennifer Capriati, you know, the famous tennis player. She was number one in the world. And I started dating her, and so she didn't want me to do it anymore. I said, like, fuck yeah, I'll quit for you. So I moved to Florida and was her for, you know, for the longest time. Everybody knows that story. I don't want to get into it. It's just everybody knows it. It's all over the fucking Internet. But um, uh, and then once, you know, the last time I first learned that it's a, that's, it's a life sentence. That's what you can never leave it. I figured, okay, I did it. Now I'm with her. Now I'm going to be with tennis. I'm going to coach tennis. I'm going to do all these other things and blah, 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 blah. You can never leave it. You're always, hey, aren't you dealt? Hey, weren't you? And they were still playing my movies like everywhere as if I'd never left. I was all, I was I'm like, damn, they're still playing that shit. So as far as everybody else concerned, I was still a porn star. I was still on porn. So I was like, why do I know what do I need to quit for when they, it doesn't matter how much you quit. They always still, you're a porn star. That's all you're ever going to be, you know, in their minds. So when I came and we broke up and I said, man, I'm going back. That's, that's what everybody thinks I do. If everybody thinks that's what I am, then I might as well go. That's the bet I made. So I got to go lay in it. It's life sentence. You can never leave it. That's interesting, man. And uh, mm-hmm. right now, would you say you're on a break? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, um, I'm not like, oh, I just say I'm just not performing. Okay. I'm, you're never going to say, I'm never going to, again, say, I'm quitting. I'm never going to, because you never know. I'm just right now, I'm just, I'm just not answering the phone. You know, uh, uh, Baxter wants me to come back to do uh, Batman 2, which I flew to L.A. two weeks ago to negotiate, so I might, you know. But as far as going back, hey, I'm moving back to L.A. and I'm going to get back into the grind and working every day, no, I don't see that. 
Like, if I get called for big projects, I, you know, I always told them, you got the time, I got the time. That's how I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Okay, so right now you could say that you're not actively looking for productions to be in. Right. Or to be in I listen. I, I, li I, I listen to all offers, they, you know, but I, the paycheck better be large. I'm not coming back for like a regular, a regular payday, no. Overall, throughout your career in the industry, what has been one of your most memorable shoots? What has been a shoot where you were like, wow, you know, that was fun. I can't believe I did that. Janine, her, her comeback, when, I did her, when we did Maneater, she like cried on set when we were having sex because it was, it was amazing. And it was her first guy that she did and all this kind of stuff. That was the same thing with Jill Kelly when she did her comeback. And you know, all these girls, when they, when they came back, they always chose me for their, you know, their guy to come back. You know, so Jill Kelly was amazing. Anything I did with Sydney Steele would almost, she made me feel like a little boy. And Ari Vox, uh, yeah, she, Savannah Sampson, it was those girls that made me back in the, you know, you know, 98, 99, 2000, those, those girls. But as far as coming back now, the girls from, you know, the 2000s, I'm not saying none of them are, you know, they're not bad. I'm not saying they're, there's nothing about the, today's girl that would make me go, oh my God, that was amazing. Because they're all, you know, the trash queens. They're, you know, double anal, triple bukkake, you know, triple facial. They're just the, sh the shocking, most shocking things they can. It's like their first scene ever is double anal. I mean, wow. I'm like, there's nothing hot about that. I mean, to me, I mean, not, I'm not knocking them. I mean, like, there's, a, there's a there's a market for it, but there's no like to me. There's no stars anymore. They're they're porn people. Like you're like and now you can you can shoot a, a, a blowjob scene with your cell phone in Iowa, and you, now you're all of a sudden you're a porn star and you're walking the red carpet on our fucking AVNs. Get the fuck out of here. Now you're you're not a porn star. You're a porn person. You're a person that who is performed in pornography. That's all you are. There's no more stars anymore. The days of Jenna Jameson and starting out. Gone. So, yeah, man. That, yeah. That's actually something that I was gonna ask you about later on in the interview. But since you're mentioning it, let's talk about that right now. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because the of the internet? It's because of, yeah, the children. Okay. The internet hired all these girls out of high. Porn should be 21 over. Or 21, 21. I was. I came in when I was 26, and I was considered, I was considered the young kid, the young buck. I was 26 years old. I mean, these girls are coming in. I mean, I did I did one scene with this girl. She was still in high school. She was 18 years old, but she turned 18. Once you turn 18, it doesn't matter if you're in high school. You can do whatever you want. She was actually doing homework on set. She was only 18 years old. I was like, and I walked out. I was like, what are you doing? I, was like, I thought she was in college. I was looking at the math. I was like, this is basic shit. What, what, they teach us in college? She says, no, I'm still in high school. I was like, are you fucking out of your goddamn mind? And she was there doing porn. I'm like, what the fuck? And that's, that's just that's garbage. I don't, know. I, I don't agree with that. And that's, there's no stars anymore. These girls are coming. I used to come in as a male making $1,000 a scene. And now these girls are coming in doing triple anal and their, their paycheck is 600 bucks. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know the girls used to do. The, they get 2500 a scene, 3000 a scene to do a regular scene. Now these girls are just getting railed in every hole they have for six, seven, eight hundred bucks. So it's all garbage. Overall, throughout the time that you have been in the industry, I know that you gave uh, a shout-out to some of the performers that you worked with uh, as far as productions that you really enjoyed. So, just overall, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Oh, man, this list is long. Um, obviously, you know, you got your Evan Stones. You got, you know, Stephen St. Croix. Um, you know, the vet, you know, Herschel Savage I've done, you know, worked with. Um, 
um, uh, well, I forget his name. I just had a blank. Remember, he was the Joker in uh, Batman. Um, Randy, uh, no, uh, Randy Spears. Yeah, Randy. Spears. I had a brain fart. Randy Spears. Guys like that, just real big time veterans. I enjoy. As far as the new guys, you know, you know, I like, you know, like, you know, Seth Gamble. I founded Seth. You know, I, I discovered Seth, gave him a job, gave him an opportunity. So now he's on top. Um, Seth Gamble is really cool. Uh, I like my buddy from the past. You know, Alex Metro. I remember I'm trying to think of guys that. You know, Barrett Blade, you got your Eric Masterson, um, you got Shane Collins, you got, I mean, there's so many, so many cool guys, and then you got your Johnny Castles of the New World, I like John, Johnny's a stud, you got your Kieran Lee, you got, you, you know, you just, as far as the directors, obviously, you got your Bud Lee from, from when I first started, and then my favorite, Axel Braun, you got your, you know, you Drew from Hustler and Shylar and everybody, and you got, uh, um, you know, Brad Armstrong at Wicked, that's, that's, that's my crew. Awesome, man. Sounds like, uh, you know, you've had a bunch of incredible experiences and developed some really cool friendships on set. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot Nick Manning. Me and Nick were all, I forgot about Nick. Dropping those. Yeah, we were really good buddies. I forgot about Nick. You mentioned the names of some of the women that you worked with. Uh, would you mm -hmm. count those as, like, your favorite female performers to, to be in scenes? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was, yeah, by far. They were... They're the only ones that, yeah, I would go to, and I'd be like, yeah, I can't wait to work today. That, yeah, that, that, yeah, those are the only girls that I would be like, no, I'm not trying to get this over with. Like, <laughs> like, uh, and I wouldn't say, like, I, I'll just wait until they call or cut. I wouldn't try to, those are the only ones that, yes, I'd try to make it safer because they were so beautiful. A production that got a lot of press because of who you were in a scene with uh, was Deep Inside Amy Fisher. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? In particular, sort of, I guess, more so like the, the press around it and that kind of thing. I thought it was a joke. So I, didn't think, you know, I didn't see any reason why she was really famous like other than some dumb shit. I mean, she's strange. She's a weird chick. Um, it was one of those scenes I was just looking to get, like, just get it over with. Cause, you know, for something, you know, I guess she's considered famous, but for all the wrong reasons. So I was just like, yeah, I... I I didn't see what everybody else saw, and obviously it didn't go anywhere. Nobody gave a fuck. Um, I knew that. I was like, this ain't, nobody gives a fine shit about this. So, like, in the beginning, you know, she would, like, fall in love with every performer she worked with. Like, you know, oh, my God, you're so, you know, and then she, the next gal, she goes, oh, my God, you're so, like, every different guy she was following. It was, it was just weird. I just said, I give me my paycheck. I'm out of here. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. Was there anyone that you didn't work with uh, that you haven't shot oh, a scene I'm, with I'm, yes, that yes, you I'm, were like well, dying you know, to do a scene with? Oh, no, no, no. Everybody ever wanted to, yes. I thought you meant do I have a no list. Yes, I've actually had, yeah. If, there was, if I thought a girl was dirty or disgusting, I'd put her on my no list. But as far as like the girls, yeah, everybody I've ever wanted to work with, I worked with all the big stars. The only girls I wanted, like, I wanted to work with the girls from the 80s, like Lois oh, Ayers. Yeah. And, yeah, I, you know, that's, yeah. I, if, I could, if I could do anything, I wish I could have been with the girls from the 80s. Speaking of no list, since you mentioned it, how easy was it to get on your no list? Just be a dirty whore. You know what I mean, just, just be like no class. Just like if you, like I said, if you, if you, you know, I'm like, you know, I walk up, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, my name's Dale. Blah blah. blah talk about the scene. If if you can't get two words out of your mouth without, hey, I got caught smoking black. I got you know, just like that's everything. Like nowadays, if, if you, anybody mentions they smoke pot, they're supposed to be what instantly cool, or they they think they're going to get instant like street credit because they mention the word blunt, or they say 420, or they blah. blah. It's like. 
who gives a fuck, you dirty fucking whore? No, I don't care that you smoke weed. You know, and it's like, that's the entire, you know, extent of the conversation is video games, PlayStation, I don't know, Xbox, whatever the fuck these kids play. You know, but yeah, if I, if I see you coming in and that's really, you can't really have a conversation about anything other than that, yeah, I'll put you on another. Throughout your career, are you the type of person that uh, tried to watch their own scenes or productions, or are you the type nope, of person? only, only, okay. only acting. I watch my acting scenes, never watch a uh, sex scene, never seen one. Other than like a clip, if I'm if I'm flipping through the internet, you know, I might see, you know see us, you know, notice that it's me, but I won't like sit and watch and go, yeah, look at me, I'm, you know, I don't care. <laughs> What's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on set? Uh, oh, I'm known for if you want to see your funny stories, I've 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 got a, 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 a list of, of of like if you talk to if you talk to my buddies, they'll say, tell me a funny build a bone story. Everybody's got some. Like I'll, I'll say the damnedest shit. I'll say anything that comes to my mind. I, I'm brutally honest. And I remember one time we were doing a scene and this shit was just, you know, typical dumb lines. He ain't always laughing and getting like, she kept messing up her lines. To me, if you're doing lines, you, can, you screw it up once. You, you mess up, I don't care. If you, but if you can't say, and you and you keep messing up and you just think it's funny, I'll flip out. And if you're keeping it here all fucking day, you can't deliver one sentence, and you think the shit's funny, I've done that before. I made, I've actually made girls cry, like went out of the room crying because of, because they just finally like, hit my last straw. And I'm like, what the fuck is your problem, you dumb... You know, I, I'm not proud of that, but I just I can't stand dumbasses who can't deliver one fucking line, right? So one time we're doing this uh, scene, this ship was kind of like that, and we finally got through the dialogue. She finally was able to deliver her two fucking sentences. She finally got it out of her fucking mouth. So she's doing the blowjob, she's going down, and she kept kind of kind of down, looking off into space and noticing something, and then she talk, oh, hey, blah, blah, and like... And I'm like sitting there with wood trying to work and keep it going and she'd suck it for a second and she'd kind of get distracted and fuck, start fucking with her hair. And so that everybody knows me. This is, you know, the, the directors, they're all kind of like laughing because they just knew I'm going to blow up. And they used to make, have bets on how long it's going to take Dale to blow up. <laughs> so, and finally, you know, she kind of just looking up at me. She was kind of just looking like a, a gopher. So I take my cock by the base and I like, you know, I take my the cock and like, you know, stone piper on the forehead, you know, like, like take my cock and hit her with it, like, like, I'm like, hello, McFly, <laughs> you, you, people like spit water out of their nose, drop cameras laughing. I mean, there was tears, tears. Everybody on set was just like, and they all tried to run away because they wouldn't like see this girl, see them laughing. Because I mean, you could hear it like, 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 you know. Up with my cock on this girl's forehead, and I go, "Hello, McFly, anybody home?" And she goes, ah! "Starts crying, runs out of the room." And I, I thought it was funny, but you know, she didn't think it was very. But that that was a very notorious story that people talk about. That's too much, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought it was funny. I mean, I guess if I was her, I'd be a little bit bashful. But uh, needless to say, I was probably on her no less after that. But I just. Uh, I don't know, yeah, stupid. I'm just like, hey, I've, I've actually even said to guys too, like, yes, out on you know set, fucking around, they can't get to deliver their lines. I'll say some shit like, hey, dude, you know, were you born fucking stupid, or do you have to work at it? You know, what's 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 going on here? <laughs> I, I I just I would do shit like that. I mean, I'm not saying I did every time, but you know, if I got if I was on the irritate if I was irritated that day for some reason, and, and there were people that were trying my patience, yeah, I'd say something. Has anything embarrassing ever happened to you on set? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, Oh, yeah, 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 this is one. Um, oh, yeah, when I first got there, I started dating this chick named uh, Lene Hefner. And 
the first time I'd ever done any kind of drugs or anything. I'd, I'd never even drank alcohol until I got there. I was 28 years old, 20, whatever it was. I didn't even sip a beer. So, you know, she kind of got me into the whole world where I started drinking a little bit. Okay, that's fine. And she's like, let's try this. And so I was kind of hung over the, you know, and I had to go to work the next day. And then she was one of those chicks that, you know, you guys fuck me before you go to work. And I'm like, we fucked all night. And she wanted me right before I had to go to work, hung over and really hung over and wanted me to fuck her again and come. So I'm like, fuck it. I was known for like huge pop shots, really big, you know, you know, so I get there, the first thing is, oh, Dale, this is back on the first time. Yeah, the new kid, you heard about that big monster fucking pop shot of yours. I'm like, yeah, man. And I'm thinking to myself, son of a bitch, you know. I just fucked all night. She fucking fed me full of every alcohol and everything else known to man that I'd ever I'd tried for the first time. So needless to say, I was hungover in a lot of different ways. That's just saying that. And so we come to the pop shop. I finally, I felt like, oh my God, I can't come. Finally, I felt it kind of coming on. I'm like, yeah, I can't because I was worried about not being able to come. And I finally come on. Like one little dribble came out and that was it. And I'm like, <laughs> and everybody was like, because everybody was like, kind of like gearing up for this new kid. And everybody just didn't say it. When I mean, you could I bet my face was so red. I was so embarrassed. I knew that was it. There was no getting it back. I was lucky that a dribble, uh, a BB came out. Um, it was so fucking embarrassing. And I was like, <laughs> guy, take it easy, guys. I put my clothes on, got my shit, and walked out. And that was, that was the most embarrassing. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Yeah. Wow. It was certainly one of those womp, 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 womp moments. Oh, dude, it was, yeah, because everybody, it wasn't, just a, it wasn't just that you didn't, but, you know, everybody was talking about it. Like, yeah, I want to see the big bump shot, you know, big fucking Peter North type thing. And then, I mean, it wasn't even, it looked like just a dribble of the water came out. It was embarrassing. Right now it's time for the big question, a question I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans uh, and supporters are dying to know. How much is Dale DeBone packing? Uh, enough to make every woman out there a very close personal friend. Well, there you go. Big enough to make you uh, elicit the proper response. Let's just say that. Bigger than some, not as big as others. Let's talk about the pop shot, because you mentioned it, and it's it's one of my questions. The pop shot is, you know, it's the money shot. It's the, you know, it always caps off the scene. It's it's something that mm-hmm. a lot of people anticipate, and obviously you were well, talking about the Well, that's the reason the why size. they call it the money shot, because if it doesn't happen, nobody gets paid. Nobody, that's, nobody, that's the money shot. You take, you take the pop shot out of the equation, there is no scene. There you that's go. That's why they call it the money shot. That's, so, where, that's where the phrase came from. So for you... Did you do anything in particular to uh, maintain a consistent pop? Yeah, a lot of protein. Um, you, you eat right, a lot of water, a lot of zinc. You know, I, I took, and towards the end, I took uh, a supplement called Hot Rocks. Um, it's an all-organic herbal supplement. You can go to hotrocks.com and get it. It's uh, H-O-T-R-A-W-K, like raw rocks. So mm-hmm. H-O-T-R-A-W-K-S.com, hotrocks.com. Take four a day, and within a week, you'll start seeing you'll start seeing volcanic action. Trust me. Well, there you go, listeners. Hopefully, you're taking notes. Yep. What do you attribute your longevity to in the industry? Why do you feel that you're one of the guys in the industry, the veterans that they you know keep on you know searching for to do work? Well, there's two ways I can answer it. I can be politically correct and tell you that, well, you know, I'm drinking milk and I'm going to do well and hope, God willing, I'll, you know, I could, I could answer it like that. <laughs> or I could, I could be honest. Uh, if you ask Michael Jordan, can he play? He's like, you goddamn right I can play. The best in the world can, you know, I mean, you got to be humble, but not at the same time. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Like, I don't need to go have a, a skywriter telling everybody how great I am, but if you want to tell me why, there's some people in the world that have it, and then there's some people in the world that got it. Does that make sense? There's people like, there's, like, like, Damon Wayans. Not, not Damon Wayans. Damon, um, um, not Damon. You know, he's a very well-known actor, right? Yeah. In, in a lot of movies. He's not, he's not, uh, you know, Brad Pitt. He's definitely not, you know, Al Pacino. Definitely not, you know, so, you know, like, there's certain guys that got it, they're going to do, well, yeah, they're, they're good, you know, you're always going to be in a, you've seen a lot of movies, but then there's your icons that, come, that have it, you know, there's certain guys that can say they have it, you know, luckily for me, I was one of those guys that has that little bit extra, you know, that's just, I don't, I'm not trying to come across arrogant, but, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, I don't care whatever it is I'm doing in the world, I don't care if it's pitching marbles, I want to be the world champion at it, you know, checkers, I don't like losing, I flip out when I, I don't, if I don't, if I go fishing and don't catch a fish, I'm pissed off. I feel like I did something wrong. I should be able to catch. I just, I mean, I'm overly competitive. That's just how I am. I'm not saying that's the best way to be. You should be, I try to be humble. I try to be, but at the same time, you got to know that you got something special. You have to know it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. Right now, I want to sort of shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the serious issues of the industry. In particular, I want to start off this set of questions with uh, the talk of condoms. Because uh, you've been in the game for quite some time, and you've done a variety of different types of scenes. You've done some condom scenes, some non-condom scenes. When and I first the, started, that's how it was. All yeah. Condoms. And uh, the, the issue of condoms has certainly come up in recent times, <laughs> not just in the adult industry press, but in the mainstream press, in particular because mm -hmm. of Measure B, known as the County of Los Angeles Safer Sex in the Adult Film Industry Act. As well, well first as, of all, they're... They're full of shit. They're not trying, okay. they're not doing anything for us. They they got their own agendas for their own little money making stuff. They're not, they could give a flying fuck about our safety or our you know, if they wanted to really do something to help us, you know, how the fucking you know, how we don't get residuals on all the fucking money that we've made you know, we make everything and we don't get shit for it. You know, really. We get a one you know, the only, they were really doing something they'd unionize us. They would have like these agents, they fucking pimp these girls out and then blacklist them if they you know, they they threaten to tell them like, I don't know how the fuck Derek Hay is not in jail right now, but, you know, they, they ruin the fucking business. And, they, and, and, but yet they're supposed to be, if they wanted to do something to help porn stars, they'd get rid of all that fucking, those, those legalized suitcase pets. That's what they would do. That's first and foremost. As far as this, this condom thing, that's, that's self-explanatory. It should be all condoms. It should be. When I was, uh, when I first started in, we did it. You, you maybe hear of one, one chlamydia or gonorrhea the whole year from one person. Now, there's like 10 or 15 every week. Wow. We, I mean, you, you go the whole fucking year, maybe one person, it would be this D-lister that you didn't even know. Now, it's everywhere. It's, I mean, it's, it's good to fucking everything. I mean, it's, no. I mean, as far as the condoms go, just for me in general, just to feel like, I, you know, I wouldn't be catching the fucking, the, the drip to get more claps in the Coliseum. Yeah, I'd feel better if I was, if I was in it and there was condoms because, yeah, it's, like my buddies, I'm not going to throw them out there, but you know the top guy, the top guys, they they call me all the time. Man, I got to go to get got to go to Riggs, get a Z pack. I'm like, you just got one. I got like every other week they're telling me they, they call it gonorrhea or chlamydia. I'm like, God, that's bad. We would hear about it once a year. Once a year, we 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 hear something something about it. It's not like that anymore. Wow, man, have you ever caught a sexually transmitted infection on set? Well, of course. Something curable, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, nothing bad because I, I was lucky. I always did the features where you know I always got to you know choose who I worked with. So I was 
I'd always pick the cleaner with the, the batch. <laughs> but yeah, some of these people come in, they're just, they're just dirty. When the industry transitioned from condoms to uh, condom lessings, was that in an the, additional... What well, was that an internet, additional pressure internet, for you in your mind? Like, were you yeah, starting to worry like about catching stuff? Yeah, that and you know, like, especially doing anal things. I'm like, fuck, man, sitting on me or what? You know, I just at least if you had a condom on, you kind of felt like you had a little armor. You know what I mean? But um, in the beginning, we didn't have to worry about that because the girls—they were women. They were—they were sophisticated. A little bit, you know, they just had their shit together. But as the girls, like I said, as they started getting dirtier and younger, then I started worrying about it more and more. As your star continued to rise in the industry, especially in the early years, I'm going to assume at some point you had to tell your family what you were doing. Are you kidding me? They knew before I left the first time. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, I didn't hide. I didn't, yeah, I didn't hide anything. I, when I first got the opportunity to go out there, you know, I was doing good, and I was, I said, you know, I talked to my, my mom. I said, what do you guys think about this? I said, I don't really want to be a porn star. I said, I said well, I'd rather you not either. I said, but... Man, yeah, you get a chance to go out to L.A. If you do a couple movies, you like it. Stay out there. See if you can do modeling. See if you can get anything else. Maybe you can get in a good band. See where it takes you. She said, because they're like, you ain't doing nothing here in North Carolina. That's for sure. That's truth. You know? Ain't nothing going on in North Carolina. Um, so they were cool with it. And I said, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. See what happens. So, yeah, nothing to hide. And I was, like I said, I was a contract kid doing features. It was real pretty stuff. So it's not like I was, you know, the, the gonzo crap that I'm sure the girls don't want to tell their parents about that they're doing now. See their little pride and joy with, on a box cover with seven black cocks, and, you know, surrounding her face like hands on a clock and with sperm all over her braces and says, Trailer Park Trash number 84, starring... You know, who's ever daughter? I'm sure that's uh, not what they want to see. Let's talk about relationships in the industry. When you were in the industry, when you were doing scenes in particular, was it at all difficult to be in a romantic relationship? While... Always single. It's always okay. single. Yes, you can't do it when you're in a relationship. It's not a real relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. They always get jealous. They always say that, and then they all, oh, you can't do this. Well, they, and trust me, all the ones that say they can do this, all, you know, they, on the outside, you might think it's all good. I know the inside scoop. That, that yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's best to be single, trust me. And trust me, when you do this interview with me, this is the only honest interview you'll ever get. When you, when you, when you talk to porn stars, they're going to say, oh, it's a butterfly, rainbows, and this, oh, it's the greatest, and I love it. No. Because I've been there on lonely uh, Thanksgivings and, and Christmas dinners and we're at Denny's because we're alone. And, you know, I know that the real life of the real depression, what they do when the camera's not around, the depression and the drinking and the I know about it all. They'll tell you this. Oh, it's so amazing. And they're my family. And I love people. And It's all bullshit. I'm telling you flat out. This is the only honest, honest uh, <laughs> interview you'll ever do. When they start telling you how much they love it, it's all bullshit. Trust me, man, I appreciate the honesty and the candor. And that's not me saying, hey, it's all, it's all. I'm not saying I, I think I'm better. No, I just, it, it was a job. This was my fucking job. This is what I did. This is what I do. If I look at it, if I had a choice, I'd be doing anything else. But, you know, you can't make this kind of money. So, you know, that's why it's like right now, I'm just a regular guy working regular jobs, you know, making ends meet just like anybody else. The, the Mercedes, my four motorcycles and all that nice, that's all shit's gone. I mean, I'm not saying I live in a poorhouse right now. We're doing good, but I can't just go out and go buy a, you know, $30,000 drum set like I used to be able to do, you know? <laughs> so it's, you live different, you know, but you, once you get that money, you know, that's, you know, like I said, it's, 
That's why the book, you know, I'm working on this book called Life Sentence because it's a life sentence. There's goods, double-edged swords, goods, and then there's bad. That's just the way it is. Definitely, man. And you're actually transitioning me into my next line of questions. Moving away from the serious side of the industry, I want to talk about a different industry completely, the music industry. How long Mm -hmm. has music been a part of your life? Since I was born, I was playing spoons and lining up pillows on the uh, couch, pretending I was Peter Chris. And uh, so that's what I mean. Like I said, my dad was a musician. We toured around watching him play. I learned how to play guitar, drums, piano, everything. Theory, I learned it all. So music has always been my number one love. How would you describe your sound, your musical sound? I like that my drum sound. Obviously, I play in a Van Halen tribute band and an '80s metal tribute band. So I, I like my my style of playing is just like Alex Van Halen. I, I like he's perfect of perfect style of power and rhythm and technical ability. Because you know, I play DCI core style stuff with my hands, so I got really good rudiments and hand speed. But I still like to play heavy, you know, kick-ass, you know, kick-oriented, you know, uh, riffs with mm-hmm. a little bit of linear funk. You know. Who are some of your musical inspirations? Alex Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, Paul Stanley, Neil Peart, Stuart Copeland, Thomas Lang, uh, Steve Smith, Ray Lugier was my instructor at MI. He was playing at the time with David Lee Roth. Now he's the drummer for Korn for the past 10 years, so... Pretty much, pretty much those guys gave me my, taught me a lot. At some point, I think I remember reading this somewhere, was it that you had a band, or was it that you played with some of your fellow performers in the industry? Oh yeah, we did when I was there. We, me, uh, Evan Stone, and Barrett Blade, and Mark Stone formed a little band called, formed a, called Gang Bang, and we played some different great shows at the Whiskey, and the Key Club, and the XRCO Awards, so yeah, we had fun with it. We actually played some pretty good shows, you know? There was only three musicians in the band. It was me, Barrett, and, and, and Mark. We could play. Eric, you know, Evan couldn't sing, but nobody cared. He would just get up on stage and act like a you know a crazy man, and that's that's all they expected. You know, it's not like he belted out the lyrics, right? Yeah. But the music was solid because we were all musicians, you know, and you know, so it worked out. Absolutely. Where has your music uh, taken you? I've played all over the world with music. I've played okay. with. I've had a chance to meet every one of the, my favorite. Uh, you know, all those influence I told you, I met them all, played with them before, been in the studio, we've been, you know, I've got a chance to, every reaction I've ever wanted to meet and ever listened to on the radio, I've got a chance to hang out with. So it's been pretty cool. That's awesome, man. I mean, it's always great to get the chance to sort of live your dreams and, and do what you're most passionate about. And it's, and it's really cool because I get to get all the thing I want to talk about is them. And then they all, all they want to talk about is porn with me. So, like, they're just as interested in, man, and you got to fuck such and such. And I'm like, dude, you're a rock star. You're, but, you know, so I would be just as wide-eyed as they were talking about porn. It was awesome. That's crazy, man. Where can the listeners get the chance to hear, like, you play and hear some of your music? Um, well, everybody knows uh, my Twitter. I got the stuff up there. It's, uh, it's my I, my old one. I had you know, 25,000, you know, followers. Now, and I deleted it. So now I'm, like, 300. I'm starting all over. So it's, uh, you know, real, uh, real Dale DeBone, you know, at real Dale DeBone is my new Twitter. Um, obviously my, my Facebook, I used to have several different accounts. And I only have one. Uh, it's just you, Dale DeBone 2, you know, the number two. You can find it or you can look under Dale Rudder and you'll see it. There's some fake ones out there, but you can tell when it's really mine because it's got the drumming and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if, you, if you just type in Dale DeBone or Dale Rudder on YouTube, a lot of music stuff will come up. So. That's awesome, man. And besides the music, you've also, as you mentioned, been doing stunt work. How'd yeah. you get into that? 
Ah, it's just always being around motorcycles and, you know, just like what's, what's the first thing you do when you're a kid and you get on a tricycle? What do you want to do? Try to pop a wheelie, right? Yeah. And then when you get your big wheel, you want to do something. Then the first time you learn how to ride a bike, you learn how to keep it up. What's the first thing you want to do? Jump the curb, right? Then after that, you want to pop that wheelie. It's the same thing you get a motorcycle. So it just the only difference was, you know, it just came to me naturally. Boom, I could do it. And, you know, I got the chance to meet the greatest star rider in the world. You know, one of them, you know, Jason Britton, and he taught me everything I knew within... Like he told him within a week, I was doing everything he was doing. He said, I've never in my life seen somebody pick something up so fast. He said, I, you've been, I've been with you a week, and you're already one of the top riders in the world. Just when he met me, I could barely, barely ride a wheelie. But I, like I said, things come to me naturally. And if I, I just, if I see somebody do it, I just feel like I can do it, right? Other than like dunk a basketball. I, you know, I can't, you know, well, I saw Michael Jordan do it. I can do it now. But if it was just flat out, you know, Okay, how's he doing that? Okay, he's putting his hands here. Okay. Same thing, like, the first time I ever played drums, ever. I'd never played a set of drums in my life, but I saw Peter Chris. He put his right hand over his left hand and hit the hi-hat like this, his left hand on two and four, and his foot was one and three. Never been on a drum set before. The first time I sat on a, on a drum set, I was, God, and the teacher was like, have you ever done this before? I was like, no, it's the first time. So it's just, it's just, I'm lucky enough to where I can just watch somebody do something and I can pick it up. That's interesting, man, and certainly that's uh, a great, um, great thing to have is in particular doing stunt work because you're you know you have to repeat certain things and you have to make sure you get things right for the shots and whatnot uh, i mean that's a great uh great trait to have yeah. well like a funny story remember i told you like the first time i ever played baseball like, yeah i coach i can catch well we're on the set for torque you know we were there for motorcycle stunts but my character had to do a high fall from the building he goes, hey, yeah, you're, you're a stunt guy, right? Because they thought we were stunt guys. Like, yeah, he said, you knew high fall, right? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I've never fucking done a high fall. I saw it on TV. It seems like they fall forward. They wiggle their arms, and, and but they make sure they ro do a full rotation where they land on their back, right? And mm -hmm. the pad. I can do that. Never done it, but, but he just asked me, sure, should I get up there? And, go, All right, and action, I do this fucking thing. Perfect, man, you nailed that. And I told him at the end, I was like, yeah, that's the first time I've ever done it. And he goes, Dale, you can't do that. We got insurance. If you would have got hurt, we would have been you know, but he was like, that was your first time. I'm like, yeah. And I said, but dude, don't tell me that next time. If I, you've never done a stunt before, tell me. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> now anytime after that, I have to do something other than a motorcycle stunt. You don't always ask me, have you ever done this before? Really? And I'd always say, yeah, even though I never had. So it was funny. You know, I just, if, if I think I can do it, you know, I'm just going to say yes. Wow, man. That's, you know, that's bold, but I love it. I mean, you know. Well, it seemed easy until I got to the top of the building. I looked yeah. down and saw, I thought, you know, like, this is fucking high. This ain't like jumping off the fucking roof of a house. This is, I mean, everybody looks small. Like, fuck, the bag looked huge on the ground, right? And I was down there, but when I got up on the top of the fucking thing, it looked like a goddamn a stamp. Like, what if I miss? Man? But fuck it, I can't back out now, so I did it. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's crazy. Moving back into the porn for just a second, something that I'm kind of curious about, because not a lot of performers get the urge to work behind the camera, but I know that you have worked behind the camera. Oh, yeah. I, did. I was uh, director for Bang Bros for a couple of years. Yeah, man. So how did that transition come about? When I was with Capriati, you know, um, she, you know, she, even though um, we, uh, we were together, it was just, we were together all the fucking time. Like, it's like, I needed, I wanted to start doing something, but you know, obviously I didn't want to do porn. I was like, what do you, you know, would you get mad if I direct you? She said, no, I don't care if you direct, you know, so I ended up calling, hey, I'm, I'm living in Florida, you guys are from Florida, you know, tell the ball, fuck yeah, you can come work for us. You know, they just figured that, you know, I knew what I was doing, obviously I do, I've been there for years, so they gave me a job. Okay. Simple enough. Mm-hmm. 
I want to go back in time with you one more time. And I always like asking you this because I always feel like the first time is always such a unique story. How and when mm-hmm. did you lose your virginity? Oh, my God. I probably shouldn't tell you the real one. But, um, you got to remember, here's the deal. Here's the deal, you see. Um, <laughs> it's not, I'm the only boy in the family. My you know, sister's older. You know, my two cousins are, you know, women. They're older. Um, and so when I was young, you know, even when I was two or three years old, my dad, my real dad, would send me onto the beach and, hey, go, go, go play with those girls. And I, I didn't know, I'd go there, my diaper's hanging down, and, oh, look at this little boy. My dad would come, oh, son, what have you got yourself into? Well, you know, I didn't even know. At two years old, I was, you know, you help, you know, help my dad get some pussy, right? So, <laughs> my whole, I mean, really, I mean, it's what, you know, my mom would always tell me, oh, he's going to be a lady killer. Look at those blue eyes and blah, and so you start believing all that shit, right? And so I started, you know, sex was, like, natural. I'd look into their nasty books and stuff when I was a kid. I'd, so, like, even, so as my, my cousins got older, and they get their friends over, and they start learning how to kiss, and so they practice on me. So you have the six, seven-year-old boy, and they're all, you know, like nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You know, they're practicing French kissing on me. And so as they got older and wanted to learn, you know, more nasty shit, who do you think they practice on? Me. So I'm doing foul things at ten, eleven, twelve years old. So we'll just leave it at that. Just you can use your imagination. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, let's say I was doing things very, 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 very early. Tell me something quirky and about... And it! Oh. <laughs> I believe it, man. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. I will cry over a song that's sad or a sad movie at the drop of a dime. <laughs> like, you know, my friend's one of these tough guys. He's mean. He's got a bucking. He's arrogant. He's got a bad temper. You know, I've, you know, trained to fight. Love, you know, won't back down. I don't give a fuck who it is. You know, there's that side of me, and then, but at the same time, a sad song will make me just, <laughs> you know, I gotta compose myself. <laughs> it's funny. So yeah, I gotta, I guess I have, as, as equally as mean as I can be, I can be that sad sometimes and get, you know, I guess it's just, I don't know what it has to, to stem from, but, uh, but yeah, if something's sad, you know, if something angry, I'll get angry, but if something's sad, I'll, I'll, it makes me sad, you know. It'll it'll get me emotional. Some guys they you know watch a movie they don't get they don't give a fuck. You see somebody die at the end. Ah, oh, it's a good movie. You know, me I'd be like oh, sad. If it's like somebody loses somebody they love, you know, that bothers me. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Electrifying. Well, the rock says this. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I I don't like to do stuff like that. I mean, everybody's. You gotta, you gotta ask other people that. I mean, I like to say, you know, the, the main thing, me, like me or not, or think I'm a dick or think loyal. Everybody be like, oh, you know what? I may not like Dale. He's, little, he's never screwed me ever, ever, never lied to me. If he said he was gonna do something, he did it. He did, he, people, so I'm people don't even like my ass. I'd be like, ah, motherfucker, he's so arrogant. He thinks he's the, but he's never screwed me ever. He's never lied. That's the one thing people can say, and that's, I think that the best word describes me is loyalty. Like if I tell you I'm gonna do something, you can. uh to give you an honest, you know, like the, I was supposed, I forgot that I'd already uh, planned on something today that's pretty fucking important with the band and, and, and our promo package that we paid a lot of money to do. And I told you that I was going to do this uh, interview, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not getting paid for this. This is I could very easily say, hey, I can't do it. But I didn't, I didn't cancel you because I told you I was going to do it. And I told the guys, so we got to repay them to come tomorrow. <laughs> so that's the kind of guy I am. If I told you I was going to do it, I did it. Nice, man. And I appreciate it. Yeah, so that's. You know, like I said, I, I got a lot of flaws, and there's a lot of my, my, my temper I'm working on. I try to be, you know, but the one thing, if I, if, you know, 
you can count on me. If I tell you I'm going to do something for you, or if, you're, if I'm part of your team, or if I'm part of your whatever, you, you're going to get the best for what I got, no matter what we're doing. I want to allow the fans to get to know some of your favorites. For the listeners out there, for the, your fans and supporters that are tuning in right now, I have this list of five pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow them to get to know some of your faves. So the first question is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? This can be a list of five of your all-time faves or five of your current favorites. I just need five of your favorite TV shows. Uh, ESPN First Take. That's number one. I never miss first take. It's Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. Um, uh, ESPN, anything on ESPN, that's what I watch all day. I just watch sports. Um, TV show, uh, no. Um, no, I don't have that one like, oh, my God, like when I was a kid, obviously I like Miami Vice, but uh, I've never been into the, oh, my God, it's Friday night, i got to go watch um, 90210. Never been like that. I, uh, to me, reality TV shows are fucking, I wish they would, I don't want them to die. But like the Hordashians and the fucking the Jersey whores, if they the the situation and the the, the other poly dick fuck whatever they if they could all just I don't want them to die just but if they can all get into the same plane and just fly over the Bermuda Triangle and just disappear not die I don't that's to me but just fly keep flying over the Bermuda Triangle until they all disappear I'd be happy. <laughs> I'm loving your answers, man. <laughs> Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Well, I told you that before. You know, you know, as far as you know, Kiss, Van Halen, Journey, Rush, stuff like that. But you know, Neil Peart, my favorite as far as the individuals, drummers. Um, but it, it, Van Halen has got to be number one. Kiss, you know, Journey. I love Rush. I love you know shit like that. What are three of your most favorite films? Top Gun. Uh. Hmm. I've always, people always ask me about one, and that's easy, Top Gun, but I, I can't think of like, because i got so many others I like, I like, you know, like Color of Money, was your interview with the vampire was great, um, uh, the, you know, the Devil's Advocate's great, uh, Heat, you know, Pacino, and, you know, I like Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting one, that, but top, to me, it's Top Gun, and everything else is just, you know, cool movies. <laughs> What are two foods you can't live without? Steak and pizza. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Bestiality? I'm kidding. Don't say that. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> making a joke. <laughs> but I'm if you see it once, you can't. You can't unwatch it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, let's see. No guilty pleasure. Uh, hmm. Uh, junk food. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I love goddamn like cereal, cocoa puffs. Like I can eat a whole bo- a box of cocoa puffs by myself. Um, yeah, I guess you know, guilty player. Yeah, that you know, junk food. You know, cereal, pop tarts, donuts. What's next for Dale DeBone? What's coming up? My penis. Oh no, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> Yeah, my my disgusting to some, titillating to others. Uh, mainly, um, we're moving. Uh, we're living in Orlando right now. We're going to take off into uh, Fort Lauderdale, back to Fort Lauderdale. That's where all my friends are. So I'm getting back into uh, um, running clubs and bartending uh, different bars and different spots. Uh, the band, the new band that I'm in, is coming up uh, called Danger Zone. Um, we got a uh, just just. It's always about entertainment, you know. Uh, you know, bars, clubs, strip clubs. And, 
bands and motorcycles. That's pretty much pretty much all I do. I would be shocked if one day you ever you know looked on Twitter and damn, Dale got a job um, in an office where he wears a suit every day. I don't see that happening. You mentioned a book. I'm working on the book. Yeah, it's just that just that just takes takes a little bit of loot. You know, I gotta get you know it's almost written, but it's the right money. It takes a little bit of money, but I'll, I'll make it happen. Sounds good. Is there at all? tentatively like when you expect it should come out within the next year or two something like that yeah, two, probably two years would be the best. Okay. <laughs> sounds good man and exciting I can't wait to read it alright brother I know that you mentioned it before but for those maybe that didn't get the chance to write it down or type it into their browser how can your fans reach you where can they find you on the web well they can give me a reach around if they're standing right behind me and she looks hot um, is that what kind of reach you meant <laughs> no, that's no, one of them, no. I guess. Yeah, yeah. If you're hot and you got big fake titties, yes, you can give me a refund. Um, no, uh, it, it just, just you know, my Twitter, my new one. You know, like I said, like got rid of my old one, so starting brand new, starting oh, brand new over, brand uh, starting brand new all over. Trying to get some followers. It's a uh, real Dale DeBone at real Dale DeBone. Um, Facebook is you know just you can find me under Dale Rudder or Dale DeBone too, and then uh, Instagram. I'm, tr- I'm just Dale DeBone. I'm trying on Instagram. Uh, I always say funny shit. Very sarcastic. Just try to keep people laughing. That's about it. Sounds good, man. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters out there? And I, I just I hope you guys enjoyed you know, the things I've done over the years. And maybe you never know what I got left in the tank. You never know where I might end up. Uh, and if you want the big wood and you big pop shots into the secret that I use during my sex scenes for sexual testosterone and for energy and to get shredded, go to hotrocks.com, H-O-T-R-A-W-K-S, hotrocks.com. Get you a bottle of hot rocks. Like I said, take four, four days. And at the end of the first week, tell me how horny you are and tell me how big your pop shots are. That's what I, was my secret. Fantastic, man. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Dale. All right, brother. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One on One with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. With that, Dale DeBone and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Hey, this is Dale DeBone signing off. Hope you guys had a good time and listening to all the good stuff, the good, bad, the ugly, the nasty, the naughty, and uh, have a good night. Sleep tight. And uh, make sure the Dale DeBone bed bugs bite, all right? Let's go! Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>